This is the Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford podcast. Welcome, foodpreneurs, to episode number 39. Retail can be very sexy, and getting listed is a triumphant moment for you. But what about the food service customers that gave you your start as a brand owner? What happens when they're not happy that you're now being ranged in the retailer down the road and your product is no longer very special, according to them? Well, I've got you. I love helping you scale. And understanding sales channel strategy is my superpower. So in today's episode, I've got a couple of stories of women I've helped with this precise issue and what advice I gave them. And the four things that four things that you can do to save your sales from going belly up when this happens. This episode of Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford is brought to you by Foodpreneur's Formula, my business acceleration program for packaged food and drink brand owners ready to scale and my pricing for distribution workshop to learn how to engage a distributor to help you sell more product and put more money in your pocket. Hi, I'm Chelsea Ford, award-winning food and drink business expert, head coach of the acclaimed program for women, Foodpreneurs Formula, and your host for this, the Foodpreneur Podcast. If you're a packaged food and drink business owner, tune in with me each week because I'm going to help you land more accounts, get in more consumer baskets, and help you put more money in your pocket for every product you sell. In each episode, I'm going to tap into my 30 years of experience leading sales, marketing, and finance teams for big and small food and drink brands to give you coaching tips that will help you take your packaged food or drink business to new heights. I know what works and I know what doesn't. So I'm going to share with you industry tools and insider knowledge that are next to impossible for small businesses to access. And from time to time, I'll dive into my little black book to bring you interviews with hard to reach specialists who will help solve those pesky industry specific problems like distribution that I know you've been losing way too much sleep over. So roll up your sleeves, foodpreneurs, because you're about to enter a no-fluff zone. I'm bringing my A-game so you can reach yours. No matter where you are, whether it's in your kitchen, coordinating your deliveries, or on your way to a buyer meeting, listen up, because we're about to set the path for you to secure your next best stockist, increase your sales, and put more money in your pocket. This is the Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford podcast. Hey, welcome. Let's begin with a quick story. If you started selling your food and drink product to food service outlets like cafes and have moved into retail and you're noticing that your original food service outlets aren't happy, you're going to love this lesson. A maker of cakes, probiotic bites and protein balls I've been working with for a few months, Tommy, last week at the Food Service Australia trade show that the retail account she's winning is jeopardising her relationships with her food service accounts, which is where her business started. They've been her bread and butter. With the food service accounts, they are telling her one of the following two things. One, they will stop buying because her product has been a special feature on their counters and now their consumers can buy it in the retailer down the road. It's not so special 
according to some, especially because she's now on one of the majors, so that's a double-edged sword. Well, secondly, they're saying that instead of buying directly from her, they'll buy the product from the retailer down the road, possibly at a different price point, without the imposition of a minimum order quantity. So she's right when she says it's jeopardising her relationships. And there's a few ways to look at this so she doesn't lose sales money or her reputation. But I just want to back it up for a moment and give you a quick definition of food service, just so I know we're on the same page. A food service outlet is where consumers purchase the products on site and consume on site. And they sell or provide food or beverage as part of an offer in stores, such as a cafe, restaurant, catering venue, hotel, or, you know, it could also be uh, an aged care facility or a jail or a defence site. From that list, you can understand why food service is sometimes also known as out of home. It takes hard work to make it in food service and patience, and that's why there's nothing more powerful than relationships with the outlet buyers. It's these relationships that will make the world of difference to your success over time. I promise you that. Invest in food service relationships and they'll pay dividends for sure. I'm speaking from experience there. Product taste and price are both important. Of course they are. It goes really without saying. Uh, But ultimately building relationships that show you understand the food service uh, outlet's operation will be the cornerstone of your success. That's why many foodpreneurs find it easier to start in this channel because striking up a relationship with a cafe down the road is generally a whole lot easier than landing a listing at the local retailer. And what I love about food service is that it's a volume game. And whilst you probably won't be building your brand, and that's good on some levels because that's really the expensive part of developing a food and drink product that you want to scale, but you've got volume expanding your purchasing power in food service and there's money in that. So another key to success in this channel is building out those relationships at every level. And look, you could say that across all channels for sure. The more contacts you have at any account, really, the better chance you have of playing the long game. So make it your business to learn who all the contacts are at every level, what they want and what their customers want. So relative to retail, branded product in food service is not so important. It's more about product fit. Uh, You know, the product is fit for purpose, really. Ingredients, for example, are perfect for food service. Usually a brand is not shown and at best it might be a swing tag on a jar, like a cookie jar. You know, it might be the mention of the product's provenance on the menu, but mostly your product goes without a name to the consumer. So that's food service in a nutshell. So back to my maker, what does she need to do? She needs to firstly have product sizes that differ between food service and retail. Then stockers are not comparing apples with apples. 
And the difference is fit for purpose. So the protein ball being served in a cafe, just for example, might be bigger than what's available on the retail shelf. You do this to manage cafe customers' expectations around price and you do it this way so the product can't be swapped out with the retail product. Secondly, have different packaging for each channel. Shouldn't be hard if the product sizes are different because if food service will be bulk packed, such as loose protein balls in a bag in a carton, and the retail packaging might be individual flow-wrapped balls in a sleeve in a carton. So then thirdly, think about it this way. If the products are the same, there could be pricing parity. If the product packaging and volumes are not the same, pricing would not be considered the same way if, as if, as in the case when they, if they are the same, hopefully you're following that. This is something for you to think about anyway when working out your wholesale strategy. And finally, if you use distributors, distributors specialise in different products and channels. So most food service specialists sell bulk products across the three types of temperature levels, frozen, refrigerated and ambient. Think big bags of frozen chips and drums of oil just to picture it in your mind's eye. And retail distributors who specialise in retail sub-channels like the delis, mum and pop stores, independent stores or the majors, each stock different types of brands based on the consumer at the store level they're delivering into. So my advice here for you to choose the right distributors in the first place is work backwards from the store to determine the best distributor for your brand. Margins, promotions, sales support, engaging a distributor to help you sell more product and putting more money in your pocket accelerates when you start understanding these three fundamental aspects of doing business successfully with a distributor as your sales partner. Getting your product into more consumers' hands isn't as easy as clicking your fingers, but it is easy when you understand a distributor's business model and how they make money for you, the brand owner, and themselves. You can use Hope as your sales strategy or pray a distributor will take you on, only then to be disappointed because they didn't live up to your expectations of exponentially delivering incredible sales results for you. But they didn't because you weren't prepared to work with them in the way that will get the most from them for you and you for them. Stop having your founder's beggar's bowl out or putting a distributor on a pedestal. Join the chief of Cartel & Co, Hasan Bajani, founder of Boutique Food & Beverage Brand Partnership and Distribution Company, and me on our distribution pricing workshop and finally learn how to price correctly for distribution. And take your food and drink business next level by following our tried and tested formulas that will help you know what margins you should have and how to create a bigger impact when you know how to successfully work with a distributor. Find the link to the distribution pricing workshop in the show notes or go to femalesinfood.com and save your place. So 
So in my coaching this week, Inside Foodpreneurs Formula, another one of my members was leaning into the challenge of choosing food service and retail. Her product is flour made from lentils. It's an ingredient. Chefs in restaurants understand how to use the product. What she's experiencing is in retail, most consumers don't really understand it, don't understand how best to use it, got lots of questions around the taste profile, uh, and it's hard to move them over from other flowers that they're very accustomed to. So although she's ranged in retail, unless she does regular tastings, the product just doesn't reach the velocity levels that she wants to get them to. And, of course, tastings aid consumer education about how to use a product, um, but they're resource intensive, right? You know, you're paying for somebody to do the tastings for you or the sampling, um, the actual sample costs of the product, or it's your time, your travel. It's, um, as I said, resource intensive. So with this lentil flour product for now, whilst consumer awareness is relatively low compared to other flours, I said to this member, to win in food service first, educate the consumer and play the long game in food service before launching into retail. I mean, sure, you build a brand in retail, and I've already spoken about that, but that does cost. And that's often a slower way to market for an ingredient relative to how you market a ready-to-eat product. So when I was in roast and ground coffee a number of years ago, coffee machines in homes weren't as common as they are today. So we built the business and our brand out of home in food service and then years later took it to retail with a damn good strategy and insights from the food service channel that we incorporated into our retail marketing. So once it landed on those shelves, it was picked up and put into consumer baskets. Consumers already knew how to use it. I know it's probably hard for you to imagine today, and honestly, I'm not that old, but in terms, well, depends on where you're listening from too. I mean, Australia is a coffee, roast and ground coffee culture. Um, but, you know, this this is 20 years ago and um, certainly having coffee machines in the home wasn't as commonplace as it is today. So to wrap all this up, if you're in food service and want to protect those sales as you win more retail accounts, set your strategy, go hard and get out into the market to understand what your customers want and how they behave. I would encourage many early stage foodpreneurs to choose one sub sales channel and be true to it. The, the problem that I see so many foodpreneurs have problems is because they're trying to be all things to all people. It's resource intensive. And honestly, certain products suit sub channels, some better than others. So my, you know, my first example, the probiotic protein balls, she's been in the game a while and she's mastering being in food service and retail. But that second example I gave you of the flour, uh, it's a newer product. 
And as she'll tell you, chefs really get it and consumers are not there yet. And the education process, even though, you know, I mean, I coach a range of foodpreneurs who do use education as their marketing, uh, as one of their main um, ways to market, it's um, pretty resource intensive with her time. And it just makes a whole lot of sense. If chefs are loving it, then she should stick to food service for now. And there's a lot of scope in food service. Um, Yeah. So uh, sales, regardless of who we're talking about, what channel and what product is obviously the ideal for you. But you need to have a thoughtful go-to market strategy. If you don't, what happens is you will cannibalize your existing business. So you've got to write a plan for how you'll differentiate between the channels. And my insider tip for food service is make the food service outlet look good. Good luck. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you found today's insights valuable and learned something that you will implement in your food and drink business right away. I'd like to ask you now to help me help more female foodpreneurs put more money in their pocket by giving me an honest rating. Five stars would be lovely, but that's up to you. Write a review and subscribe to this podcast on your platform of choice. The more you tell me what you like and the more momentum builds for Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford, the easier it will be for me to help women with packaged food and drink brands have more choice on how they can invest in their business freedom to spend more time with their loved ones and joy as they help even more people on their food journey. So thank you for taking a moment to do that and see you next week for another episode of Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford. Mm